Hello guys and welcome back to the Bordraw Podcast, episode number 86. And it was a fun-filled weekend of not only Premier League football, but League Cup action. We saw Liverpool run out victors 1-0 against Chelsea in what was a very entertaining draw for 90 minutes. Cheers! And you have an entertaining draw? You can. Right here, baby. Um, That was a cheers to the Chelsea tears. Mate, you just absolutely love to see it. Um, Before we get on to the main topic of the podcast which will be the league cup final just want to say the football world lost an icon this um past was it saturday saturday yeah yeah stan bowles unfortunately passed away um massive massive mr qpr he was um so it's a big big loss to not just us but the footballing world um he's someone qpr paid homage got a win yeah well we scored our winning goal in the 75th minute which was the age at which he died oh that's mad so maybe it was meant to be but um yeah terrible loss he's a player that i never got to see but knew all throughout my childhood i mean i saw the likes of tarap and ali Fowlin and all these great players coming and playing and my dad would always turn around and say not, chair. not quite stand bowls no not quite true. stand yeah, bowls but so yeah it's a massive loss and um it would be nice to see uh, all the tributes falling out to him. And uh, yeah, moving on. Let's talk about how another London club, the big blue bottle jobs. The billion pound blue bottle jobs. As Gary Neville so eloquently put it, I think he summed it up quite well. What went wrong? Because Liverpool going into this game, we've done a little preview on it. If you want to go back and retroactively or retrospectively check it out. We've done a preview. We were pretty we good said, on terms of saying it could be a bit of a cagey one. I mean, what? well, it was always it is between these teams. Was it cagey or was it just an astounding lack of quality? Oh, it was. And we we highlighted that going into the game. I mean, Liverpool were without Mo Salah, hmm. without Darwin Nunez, two of their goal-scoring machines. Jota. Jota as well. In the midfield, they had they were missing Suboslai and Curtis Jones. They saw Ryan Gravenberg go off injured early on in the first half. No Trent, no, no Allison. I it's mean, a it was Liverpool's B team before we even start the game. Oh, 100%. and then as the game proceeds, it goes to like C and D team. And you pretty much had a full strength Chelsea lineup. I mean, all but Reese James being available I agree, and Thiago yeah. Silva. I mean, it was pretty much their starting lineup. I know they had uh, Sanchez on the bench, but they decided to stick with Petrovic still. Who I think had a good game. Yeah, he was decent. And it wasn't... Both goalkeepers had a oh, good mate, game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Both defences had a pretty decent game. I mean, there were clear-cut opportunities. Chelsea probably had the more clear-cut opportunities. 100%. Um, but for me, it was, like you say, just an outstanding lack of any killer instinct mm. in and around the box. I mean, we saw Cole Palmer miss a clear-cut chance. We saw Conor Gallagher miss one or two. Yep. We saw De, uh, De Sassi literally bounce one off his knee over the bar when he's basically on the on the goal line. Yep. I mean, we saw Cody Gakpo hit the post. Um, we saw Luis Diaz have a few opportunities. It was an outstanding lack of killer instinct in front of goal. Mm-hmm. But it was all there for Chelsea. I mean, it got to... Like the uh, what was it like the 60th minute or something, and Liverpool was starting to look a bit leggy. I mean, Robertson looking a bit leggy on just come back from an injury. Alexis McAllister looked really leggy. Yeah, it was he, a weird one because yeah, like you said, a lot of players look leggy in that Liverpool team. But I think it's just a case of injuries and players playing more minutes than they should. But yeah, Chelsea's kind of game management of this game was so weird. They started each half. They started the first half terribly. Liverpool looked like the better team, and then Chelsea grew into the game, dominated from about. 20 minutes in and then ended the half really strong 
Go to half time. They come out at half time terrible. Liverpool start the get start the second half stronger again. Um, Chelsea look retreated back into their shell, even though they ended the first half all over Liverpool. Like I said, so Chelsea retreated back and then grew into the second half again. R- really strong going into the end of full time, and then the start of extra time, sit back again. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's so weird, and it's weird as well because they made loads of substitutions. Um, they brought on Mudrick in the 90th minute. They brought on Madueke in the 97th. They brought in Ch- uh, Chalobo as well in the 113th. It was it was weird. I mean, Inkunku only came off for Sterling in the 67th minute. Yeah. These are attacking substitutions all by uh, Chalobo. But yeah, you like you say, it was weird. It was like they didn't have the belief to go on. And, and it, maybe it's a team who don't have belief in themselves. I mean, they have, yeah. they've had a rough season. They put together a few decent results here and there. I mean, they had a good performance against Man City. Mm. But you, I mean, you're playing up against, and I, I know the narrative has been the boys, the young kids of Liverpool. But you are, you're, playing, you're up against players who have never seen first team minutes even. Yeah, let's talk know. about that. So like you said, the narrative was that Chelsea have bottled this. The billion pound bottle jobs have lost to Klopp's kids. And that's a narrative. And I've seen Chelsea fans rebuttal that by saying, although Klopp's kids were playing, and Luke's giving me the stats here. So at the starting age of Liverpool's first 11, 25.8 years old, Chelsea's 23. So they start the game with a younger first 11. And then end the match, Liverpool 24.1 years old and Chelsea 22.6 years old. So both of those, by the start and the end of the game, Chelsea have a younger average age. But... And we were discussing this before we went um, live and recorded. It's about experience, isn't it? Like, you can be young. Saka is one of those players, 21 years old. Cole Palmer is one of those players. They've got minutes. And these players, although are young, you wouldn't call them inexperienced like the kids that came on for them. I mean, going through the Chelsea team, Malo Gusto, how many Premier League games has he played this season? De Sassi, how many Premier League games has he played this season? Colwell. Really experienced, played all the games for Brighton last season. 100%. Got England call up, yep. played England international. Um, Caicedo, not young, but uh, I think he's young. I think he's twenty-one. Oh, there you go then. Yeah, but I thought he was a bit older. Two seasons in two seasons at least. Well, in the and also a hundred million pounds and a hundred million pounds. Enzo Fernandez, World Cup winner, young, young, but, but still hundred and twenty million pounds. Whatever 100%. it was. Cole Palmer, Man City Academy, England under twenty-ones World Cup winner. Yep. Um, Champions League winner. Champions League winner. Premier League winner. Treble winner. Yes, he's young, but that's experience. He's been involved. He's yeah. been there and done that. And Chelsea's main man this season. 100%. Mm. Conor Gallagher. Yeah. I, I mean, don't he's, actually know how old he is. But... He's, yeah, not, not, not young, but yeah. he's still, he's been there. He, yeah, he, yeah. Season been alone at Crystal Palace. He was back at Chelsea last season. Mm-hmm. Playing for them this season is that they're sort of out and out. One of their number 10s almost. I mean, Raheem Sterling... Being experience there, yeah. galore yeah, I mean England, most, one Man of the most experienced players Liverpool. in the league yeah Nicholas Jackson I Young, mean but... he played played how many games for Chelsea this season this we talk and then we go and just compare it to the Liverpool team Kelleher if it weren't for Alisson's injury he wouldn't be in the team 100% probably played two games max this season minimal minutes yeah. he's a cup keeper yeah. he's young outstanding performance man of the match in my eyes I mean Van Dyke took the plaudits but Kelleher was insane Kelleher was incredible that first half save where from was it from Cole Palmer oh mate, mate. crazy yeah. and then that second in the second half of it Chelsea had like four shots on target in yeah, that pinball so and it, it was outrageous um, Connor Bradley I think he's started three Premier League games I was going to say about 
two months ago, nobody knows who he is. Now what, he's it, the, like against trend. Chelsea, his fight, like that game where he sort of burst onto the scene, like a yeah, Richie either fight. that game or the one right before that, and then Chelsea game was his like making. But yeah, like two months ago, nobody knows who he is. And then obviously you've got Konate, Van Dyke, Robertson. That's a pretty solid back yeah. line, and no one's questioning that. McAllister. Mm fantastic he's experienced world cup winner endo 31 but what an absolute bargain he's proving to be he was outstanding yeah well, i right. retract everything we said about Endo. ryan grevenberg so i mean Went he's not really been implemented into the team too much this season not a starting 11 player anyway yeah but he's a good player he's got experience i mean he's played for big clubs harvey elliott young but he's he's brought into the team a lot i mean he's played a lot but he's playing second fifth the most salary really. yeah cody gakpo he's young but i mean it's just he's an experienced starting 11 from liverpool and that, well, what you should talk about is the ability that Chelsea have on the bench versus the ability that Liverpool. Have I mean, on the bench. Look, Chelsea's bench. I mean, Sanchez. He, I mean, Brighton starting eleven keeper last season. I think got caught up to the Spain national team. Mudrik, hundred million. Yeah, Mudrik, hundred million. Madueke, England under twenty one winner. Um, played. He's played in the Eredivisie. He's, he's got minutes for Chelsea yeah, this good. season. Uh, Bettinelli, oh, skip Chalabar. At least two or three seasons in the Prem. Yeah, Chalabar. I mean, he played a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, Nkunku one of the, played a few games but he, for in injury. the Prem but one of the best midfielders in the world oh mate for his um, injury yeah. unbelievably uh, Gilchrist Torreiran and Guy yeah. I mean rounds out a, a fairly stacked bench but those sort of like unknowns yeah. I mean Liverpool's bench mental like some of the kids that Klopp brought on in extra time I was like who the bloody hell is this Joe Gomez came on had a good game yeah and we know what he's about Adrian keeper Bit part Simicas. And they're the only three you could call uh, senior experienced players. Bobby Clark. Yep. I mean, he's only really seen minutes this season. He came on, looked good, to be fair. Uh, McConnell. Who? Yeah. Came on, looked a little bit kind of overawed by the occasion. Uh, Kumas. Don't know who you are, mate. Dans. Came Came on up top. Nice head of hair. Yeah, mate. Banging head of hair. (laughs) Come on. He he was, I thought he, he looked, he looked. Like he was there meant to be there. Yeah, 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 he looked all right. Uh, Kwanzaa, who we've Kwanzaa, seen, we, I quite like. Walk, yeah, walking yeah. to the team a few times, he's quite been like. well. And Neoni, who uh, didn't get on the pitch, but I mean, it's they're, just crazy. There's six subs: Clark, Kwanzaa, Simicast, McConnell, Gomez, and Dan's. I mean, you're talking academy, and and even still, you're talking academy, and then the backup players. Yeah, Simicast so like and Gomez. you compare that stats that I was saying earlier, and it says that Chelsea have a younger average at eleven at the start and the end. But what I'd like to see and maybe it's on Twitter somewhere, is total minutes played by the entire squad of Liverpool versus the total minutes played by the entire squad of uh, Chelsea because there's got to be a gaping difference. I mean, the main point to take away from this is Chelsea couldn't have asked for anything more in their favour No, to, to take this to Liverpool and dominate the game and come away with a bit of silverware and maybe something positive to sort of put a gleam on this pretty tarnished season. They said it numerous times in the commentary. This is probably be- Poch's best opportunity ever that he's ever had and will ever get to get oh, silverware. I mean, you're never going to play a, li- a weak Liverpool team. 100%. And he's got all these players at his disposal. Yep. Couldn't make it work. Like you say, they had spells in the game where they should have scored, yep. where they dominated Liverpool and they were much the better team. But you're only as good as the chances you put away. And we'll talk about one of the chances that was put away but unruly disallowed um van dyke's header it's a uh, it's not controversial in my eyes i mean it's controversial because they disallowed it but it's mental it's not it's not contentious i think endo's doing a job we see it week in week out in the premier league i think you could go through probably 20 set pieces that happened this weekend in the premier league and you'll that find the same thing happening 
I know you want to bring up Arsenal because they, uh, they obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah, we've done an Arsenal video about how good they are at set pieces. And one of the key things is they congest the six-yard box and they use blockers. And if you start getting rid of blockers, then there's going to be about 40 fouls a game every time there's a set piece. I mean, the the, the main thing here is that Van Dyke scored from a header. He's being man-marked by Chilwell. Let's not question mm, that. Yes. He's being man-marked by Chilwell. Then VAR have gone to look at it for an offside. Mm. And Endo starts in the offside position, which we see all the time. Mm. He blocks Levi Colwell's run. Yeah. But he's standing still. Yeah, Levi exactly Colwell that. could have repositioned. Mm. He could have curved his run. And then the argument is that he would have been there to stop that yeah, header. Yeah, Colwell's kind of path but, would have met the path of the ball. But, which is and this is, where, this is where there's a lack of experience, a lack of footballing experience, yeah. game knowledge yeah. coming into play when these VAR officials are making their decisions because everyone who watched that, who's even played Sunday League, knows that Colwell wasn't intended to mark Van Dyke, mm. which is a question to begin with because why is Ben Chilwell marking Virgil Van Dyke? And you know what's mental? And this is one of the most mental things I clocked. I tweeted about it during the game. I heard the term subjective offside. What the fuck is a subjective offside? They try to play it off as like he's not directly interfering with play. Brother, off, offside is black and white. Yeah, I mean... How can you have a subjective offside? It, it, the problem is it took a long time for it to get to them to make that decision. It wasn't a clear and obvious error. Mm. And we're nitpicking now. We are nitpicking. You will find issues with almost every goal that is scored if you go to that level of detail. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't... Obviously, the Chelsea fans would have made a fuss about it, probably. But even I saw, as scummy as they are, I saw Chelsea fans on the timeline saying, if that's what's happening in football and we're getting goals disallowed for that, then the game's gone, mate. I mean, we've... VAR has been given its chance and we've given it m- numerous, numerous sort of like extensions to its deadline got to bin it off. and it's got to be it's got to go I mean because you're never going to get rid of the people that are in charge they're stuck there now bring so in the offside technology yeah. from the entire World Cup 100%. improve the goal line technology as well Yeah, and then yeah literally just for like corners and throw-ins just have the lasers that go up the side of the pitch and tell you when the ball's out of play yeah because the Nicholas Jackson chance that was offside or not offside we don't really know because the camera angles aren't correct how can we not have correct camera angles to Judge if Nicholas Jackson... In, in the home stadium of, of English football. It's mental. It's mental. You you can't... I mean, it looks offside to me. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. But even still, like, some definitive clarity to stop all the kind of speculation. It's Mate, mental that we don't have made it up and, like, made up a graphic. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, it's, it's getting to a point where it's beyond a joke. But Liverpool should have gone into... Uh, what is it? Extra time, 1-0 up. Well, there wouldn't have been extra time. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, um, fortunately for them, and the man captain in them he came in with another imperious header what guy and mate i've been slated <laughs> i've been bullying luke yeah. for my opinion that Virgil van dyke is one of the greatest center backs check out that video it's a banger in the premier league maybe of all time i think he might be but know. he man marshaled that team to victory yeah he was imperious is the word is. he was outrageous he was so solid and when you've got a team of like literal like children on the pitch, mm. you've got to have someone who steps up and takes charge. And, and he was. I mean, you can watch him throughout that game. He is barking. It, well, that's what I was going to say. It's rare that Liverpool are dominated because normally they're one of the best teams in the world and they'll go and dominate teams. But obviously, because of the fact that they had all the kids on the pitch, they were doing a lot of box defending. And yeah, that kind of just showed a different 
aspect of Van Dijk and Canate's game that, yes, obviously going forward, they're insane. But defending the box, like you're saying, Van Dijk just barking orders, clearing everything. Just so bloody good. And I think, obviously... And then getting the winner. The end of the game showed a lot about each club. And obviously Liverpool are going to be ecstatic. They've won, probably against the odds. Klopp saying it's his best piece of silverware ever. I mean, potentially. I think it's won the Champions League, man. I mean, yeah, but just the yeah. circumstance. Yeah. I mean, he's had it hard in, in a lot of finals. I mean, he went to the, the first Champions League final missing Mo Salah. Yep. Um, and, you know... That's true. He's come out of this final against all odds with a team of literal children. Yeah, I and feel like there's probably no manager in the world when the odds are stacked against you that you'd rather in your dugout than Jan Klopp. Yeah, I mean, half these players who've won a Carabao Cup trophy have gone into school today. Come on. Like, that's nuts. Doing GCSE revision. Like, it's nuts. And, yeah. I mean, we've got to turn light to Chelsea. At the end of the game, Pochettino and all the players ignored Todd Bowley. I think that says all that needs to be said. Yeah. I saw Enzo getting rattled by Liverpool fans on the way Such up. Such a funny video. I mean, he's... It's deep, I get it. But Enzo can't like try and square up to him. Like, mate, you're a £100 million signing that's on like £400,000 a week. Yeah, you've you won be... a World Cup. Shows you you yeah, you can't be getting rattled by fans. Um, But, I mean, it just it, they don't look like a team. Nah, they, they look just... like a bunch of individuals. And for me... Questions have got to be asked. Like, really severe questions. I mean, how many managers can you go through without none of them being able to make it work? So how many yeah. how many players can you buy and none of them look like they're worth anywhere near their value? I mean, Enzo Fernandez, he's got everything about him that I like in a player. I mean, I love his profile of midfielder. Yeah. But he looked Mate, run out. Yes, him and Saicedo so were getting absolutely dominated by 31-year-old Endo, mate. I mean, we said when Endo got uh, signed for Liverpool off the back of the Saicedo deal failing that we were like, he's kind of a bit. It's part, a means to an end, yeah, a bit yeah. part kind of. We'll just do the job for the season, mate. He looks so bloody good. I saw Jurgen Klopp say that he wants um, Endo to sign a long-term contract. He won't even be there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, every time I see Endo play, so bloody good. Yeah, and he's understated, which is almost what this Liverpool team want to be. Well, I saw he left the bloody game on crutches with a, his foot in a boot, and that shows that he was probably playing for an injury. Because he had to, mate. No yeah. Depth. I mean, who else are you going to bring on? Exactly. I mean, he was outrageous, and I, this Chelsea team—they've—I mean, it's going to be another big summer for them. Yep. Whether or not they have the financial power to, or the the FFP movement to be able to do anything, is another question. I mean, yeah. What can they do in terms of managers? Well, I've seen they kind of today. The rumours are that they're looking at Deserby. Yeah, and I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if they've got the FFP kind of movement for that. One thing that I do want to say is this is like the end of Chelsea as we know it, I think. Yeah. I I'm. Mean, they had their time with their... They sort of falsified their place as an English powerhouse. Yeah. But the Abramovich era is over, mate, and it's not easy to get... To, yeah. to compete on a long on, for a long term. Now so it's I'm, hard to compete. Know. And I saw uh, Rory Jennings say, I didn't know this was an actual kind of record fact, but I like you probably know that it is because of how many trophies they won. But apparently since 2005... Chelsea haven't gone two seasons in a row without winning silverware. Todd Bowley arrived two years ago. They haven't won a silverware since. So it's already in his first two seasons, they've lost that record. Their last silverware the Champions League? Huh? Was their last silverware Champions League? Yeah, and they haven't won anything since. And that's all been since Todd Bowley's arrived. So as much as the players on the day, terrible, Pochettino hasn't really moved mountains as a manager. You've got to look at the ownership. The ownership have been in the job for two years 
and we not even to... regressed. They have just completely collapsed. Collapsed. This I club. mean, maybe we need to just realize the fact that Chelsea are a plastic small club. Mate, you can tell me and Luke have no uh, love for Chelsea, especially when Liverpool won the match. Our Twitters, both our personal Twitters, were going crazy for Don't Liverpool. Liverpool when I was Don't support Liverpool. I fucking hate Liverpool, but I hate Chelsea even more. Yeah, I mean, that is what to say. I mean, the big blue billionaire bottle jobs sums it up. And you can take the man out of Tottenham, but you can't take the Tottenham out of the Jeez. man. So it was a double whammy for Ros over here. Any more you want to add on that? Nope. Let's move on to my brilliant boys. So we were at the pub on Saturday. Saturday. Right? Yeah. Who's, who's doing? Yeah, who's doing a Premier League match, especially Arsenal Newcastle? Like you said, the Geordies are coming down for an eight PM kickoff, which won't finish till ten PM. Then it got to get all the way back up to Newcastle. That's a bloody nightmare. Especially, well, luckily, what we did for them as a favour is we battered them so hard that they they could leave early. Yeah, I mean, what an outrageous game. I mean, I was worried going into this game. Our recent form has been insane. Probably best team in the league. But off the back of that Porto game. Yeah, off the back of that Porto game, it was shaky. And our last result against last few results against Newcastle haven't been great. And so I was a little bit worried. But yeah, mate, even like the first five minutes, we just laid down a marker. We were just on them, pressing I mean, insane. This, for me, was the worst Newcastle performance in a long time. Maybe ever under Eddie Howe. And I, that is testament to just how good Arsenal were. We know, you said it on your Twitter, I think. Is there a team in the Premier League that blow teams away like Arsenal do? That that's dominate and strangle teams. I mean, you said they're going into halftime with the zero XG. And that's happening every single game. Man. I mean, it's incredible. Arsenal are so, so, so good. And we, we go on about them every week, funny enough, because he sports Arsenal. You would have thought. But Newcastle. I mean, they started with uh, Lieberman's left back. Yeah, I've, I've seen like... A lot of their fans have been calling I was going to say Newcastle fans are calling for the end of Dan Byrne. And... They were given that. Tino Livermento, who we both really like. We think he's a really good fullback. Can play right back and left back. Didn't have a good game, mate. Saka gave him nightmares. Saka, Martinelli and Havertz. Yeah, let's touch on Havertz first and then we'll talk about Saka. Havertz now has more Premier League goals this season than Marcus Rashford. 60 million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again. He's starting to find... His place in this Arsenal team. He, I think, he's starting to realise what he does well. I think Arteta has kind of given up with this Havertz left eight situation. He's yeah. playing him through the middle. I think that comes in part with Gabriel Jesus' injury. But he's playing Havertz down the middle. And he's just such a good kind of person to have up he's top. He's a nuisance, isn't he? Because like, people will underestimate him and they'll let him run. And he, make, he makes movements in brilliant positions. It's his, it's his decision making and his sort of composure in front of the net which is and easy, he's but physical as well like he's a he's, big lad he's tall yeah. he's a good platform to build off I mean his link up play is really good yep and I think yeah he's he's starting to come good and, and Arsenal fans will feel vindicated on this now because 100%. 60 million seemed like a lot for a player who you couldn't get going for Chelsea apart from a Champions League winning goal and it still is a lot but you can just tell he's a confidence player and now the confidence is starting to get there he's starting to get goals I really like what he's doing and like I said Six goals, that's more than a lot of people are putting on, like, Rashford. He's got more goals than, I don't know, XYZ. Jack Grealish. Yeah, I mean, it's out, it's, he's, he's done really well. I mean, Martinelli, I think, had a good game as well. He was menace from yeah, minute one. For really, goal, yeah, just such a direct runner. He gets to the byline. We saw him um, 
for that goal, the was it the third goal? Where he comes in at the back post and yeah. like saves that ball almost. And yeah, yeah, and gives it to Havertz for the goal. Yeah, he's, just, he's so good. And then... Jorginho, mate. Poor man of the match. He Is there a more underrated midfielder in the Premier League? We're actually going to do a video about one, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, Jorginho comes in and what he does is just knit play so well. We said this, he's a tempo man and he just comes in keeps the ball rolling and against teams that we're suffocating which is pretty much every team now mm-hmm. he's good there to kind of just get the I mean, play if, moving. if you have 55 60 65% of the ball he he's just such an asset yeah. it's, the, it's the team it's the games where you, you don't have that but I mean I can't see anyone in maybe the world who are going to dominate Arsenal like that I, I, even Man City I don't think can yeah we'll so, go over them yeah Declan Rice, another outrageous game. Let's uh, talk about my bloody boy, Bukayo Saka, because we had a mini disagreement in the pub. I said, and I stand by it, Saka is the best right winger in world football right now. That's only because Salah's injured. I think what Salah does is just score more. He's better at getting the ball in there. He's a more clinical finisher than Saka. But... I think Saka is involved in more of the play, more of the game. He gets involved deeper, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. His his link-up play is better. He doesn't rely on outrageous switches or... Exactly. Or like just being a direct runner, which I completely agree with. And I think, obviously, if you're, if you're let's say, like a PSG or someone and you wanted to like build a Galacticos, you'd much rather have Bukayo Saka for the next five years mm. than Mo Salah. But Mo Salah, his output is, is outrageous. And, his output is unquestionable. And he, there, there's just something about him. He's not always the best to watch. Mm. But he, you just know that at some point during that game, he's going to get an opportunity and, and he's going to put it away. It. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And which is, for me, like he's, he's not one that goes and curls it in from 30 yards. No. But Saka yeah. would do that. Yeah. Like we've seen him do that. Saka's set-piece deliveries are outrageous. I mean, having him and Declan Rice is, is a cheat code. Um. But yeah, I mean, you say Saka's involved in the build, but it's, Salah's got more assistance, isn't he? I think he's on nine. Yeah, that's true. I don't but, know. But just but Saka I, is, I know exactly Saka's what you're on about. It's, it, these are things that you, you can look at the stats, but the stats don't tell the story. Yeah, just watch football with your eyes. My And the guy is 21 years old. Yeah. He's had a club that's been in turmoil on his back from the age of 18. Oh, 100%. And he has carried us into title challenges, now into the Champions League. And he's just getting better and better. I saw last season, everyone was saying he's had an insane season. I think he got 25 goal involvements over the mm-hmm. season. He's beat, beaten that already. Yeah. And we're in February. Yeah. The kids I mean, crack. Let's not, let's not play a game here where we beef each other. No, I love it. And you. beef other football fans where we say, right, who's better? Because they're two different players. They play the they same, are. they occupy the same position. They play in two teams with completely opposing styles of play. Mm. They they're asked to do different things. Just enjoy them both. While yeah, we come have them. on, come on, Mess, Messi and Ronaldo, jeez. But no, they are both outrageous yeah, no, players, and the debate's there, and that's what we love about football because it's a game full of debate and opinion. Um, is Eddie Howe's time up? Because we've we've questioned this many times in the podcast after they crashed out the Champions League, even before that. Yeah, after a torrid run. I mean. They've been hit with injuries. Big time. They've lost Tonali, who was sort of their marquee su- summer signing. Pope's been out the whole season. I mean, starting with Carriers and goal is not ideal. Not ideal I mean, Dubravka's not bad, but no. he's, he's still a step down from Nick Pope, who's still a step down yeah. from even David Raya. Botman and Shah have had their injuries this season. Callum Wilson's been out a lot this season. 
So they have been hit with a lot of injuries. But like I said, what I don't know, it's an interesting one because like last season we said they overachieved. They got Champions League probably quicker than anyone expected. We said they are two or three years ahead of, maybe even more ahead yeah. of the, the project. And that's probably taken a toll on the squad, which we've said. Like they probably weren't expected to play this many games at this kind of level. It takes a toll on the fan base and and, and the ownership because they're in their expectations, the expectations are high. Yeah, big how time. Can, how can you? sort of beat what was it a third place or fourth place finish fourth yeah fourth place finish reaching the Champions League after literally the season before being in the relegation zone at Christmas yeah it's insane and that kind of begs the question it's like what do the ownership do do they axe off Eddie Howe now in the hopes that so there's managers on the market there's Jose there's Hanshi Flick I know Jurgen Klopp said he's taking a break but Jurgen Klopp will be too cool there's a lot of managements Nagelsmann could come back there's a lot of managers available that are better CV than Eddie Howe. But if they're willing to kind of lower their expectations and say, we were overachieving, we don't need Champions League again this season or next, then you stick with Eddie Howe and kind of give him another transfer window. You give him all the players that were injured, come back. You give him Tonali back and you build from there. But if they go with this cutthroat mentality that we need Champions League football, which they might do for FFP, to be fair, then you've got to get rid of him and get him a big hitter. Jose, um, yeah. Hanji Flick. Mate, I think Jose is the one. I'm but... seeing Zidane's going to come out for Bayern. Mate, if you can somehow just put all the money on Zidane's plate and get him to Newcastle, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Zidane at another team other than in Real. But yeah, I mean, for me, Newcastle, it, it could go, it could get really ugly really quickly. I mean, let's just have a quick look at where they sit in the league table. Uh, is it ninth? I think so. It's eight or ninth. So they're currently ninth in the league yeah. table. I mean, two wins in their last five. Thirty-seven enough. points. I mean, they're sitting behind Gary Neville's um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's not good enough. They're a point ahead of West Ham, but West Ham have a game in hand. Chelsea have a game in hand. I mean, they could very quickly drop into the bottom oh. half of the table. Which, for a team that's spent as much as they had, we know they've got FFP kind of looming. sanctions looming. So yeah, that it is a make or break time for Newcastle at the moment, I think. Yeah, I mean, we can take a quick look at their upcoming fixtures just to sort of really give us an idea. Uh, right, they've got Blackburn at Ewood Park on uh, Cup, yeah. t- on Tuesday. Which oh, is... And then they've got Gary O'Neill's Wolves side. I mean, they're fighting a lot. They've, the team's sitting just below them and, and In and around them, them, yeah. They've got Wolves aw- uh, at home, then they've got Chelsea away. They've got a game against Palace who smashed um, Burnley 3-0 under... Shout out Glasgow's first game, yeah. And then, and then West Ham, who's West next Ham. to them. Yeah, so they've got a lot in and around them that are coming up. And I mean, by the time they play Everton, who have just got that four points handed back to them, Everton could be on pass to take over them. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting time. And games are coming thick and fast now for Newcastle. So they've got to... They've really got to put together a run here. Buck up their ideas. They're still in the FA Cup, which, I mean, they, they it could maybe be something they could target. But time will tell. Eddie Howe is getting a little bit... Let's talk about one team that are probably the funniest team in the Premier League right now. A team that, form-wise, I think we're probably behind Arsenal in terms of best form. Manchester United. Mm. They haven't been great, but they've been getting results. Against Luton, they weren't great, but got a win. Um, who else were they rubbish against? But Oh, Wolves. They were, what, like 3-0 up and then Wolves got it back to 3-0 and then May United scored a last-minute winner under Manu. Yep. So they've been scraping wins. But they've been getting over the line, and that's important. When and Ten Hag, you can build momentum from that. You can saw, do stuff with that. We've seen them play well recently. Mm. Like there have been patches where we've seen them play better than they have all season. Well, they blew Wolves out of the water 
in the first half of that game. Mm. Luton, I think they were 2 0 up in like five minutes. They blew Luton out of the water in that first 10 yeah. minutes. So the yeah. patches are there. They are. But I mean. Mate, they are just fragile. They boys, weren't mate. good against Fulham. No. We, and Fulham are a good outfit. I mean, they've been proved tricky for a lot of. Um, we said that teams. in the video that we last uploaded. Shout out Jacob. We did a ranking every team season so far. We mentioned that Fulham. Some games, they absolutely pull up trees. They battered Arsenal. They did well against Liverpool and did well against Man United. But then some games, they just look terrible. But yeah, this game, Fulham, really good. Yeah, I mean, so Fulham went 1-0 up on uh, Calvin Bassey, who we've uh, slated a little bit on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute pile driver into the yeah. top bins. Um, and Harry Mags. Didn't Harry Mags, yeah. In the 89th minute, rescuing what seemed like a point for United. And a lot of people were going, they're going to go on to win this. Well, yeah, there was about 10 minutes added time and all the kind of um, momentum was in Manchester United's favour. But I mean, it was it was written in the stars. It's just appalling game management. How Alex Iwobi is scoring 97th minute winners against you is... It says, <laughs> that is that is the new history of the main United. Well, it's terrible game management because you see Adama Traore go on. And you know he's probably the best ball carrier in the Premier League. Was it Garnacho or someone who looked at him him and went, Jesus Christ, yeah. And so you know that he's there. So you don't pile every single play you've got in the box to try and get a winner. Because you know if you get him on a counter-attack, he's going to burn every single play you've got. And that happened. He burnt one of the centre midfielders and then burnt Harry Maguire and then played it into Iwobi and they got the winner. And it's mental. I mean, it's com- this comes off the back of, like you said, a really good r- uh, run of form for Man United, and it's this inability to to manage games and to and to impose yourself for more than just fifteen minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at this Man United team, and they have twenty minutes of r- really solid play across a ninety minute game. Yeah, it's not good enough to win. No. I mean, you're not going to win every game off the back of McTominay coming on and scoring a last minute winner. It's such I mean, a tricky rely on kind like of situation they've got themselves into now because Man United are the biggest club in England in and probably in the world. They should be dominating every game from z- minute zero to minute 90. They should have 60 plus percent possession. And you've got your manager of the club coming out and saying, I want to be the best transition team in the world. I don't really care about possession. And that's all well and good if you do go on and be the best transition team in the world. Or like you see Liverpool. evidence of it. But you can't be like flip-flopping between being a transition team and then not being a very good possession-based team. It's just a mess. I mean, it's it's obviously an issue that Rasmus Hoyland was just starting to find some form. He's got an injury. It's going to yeah. keep him out for a little while. Same with Luke Shaw. So, the main issue that I want to get onto is Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. Is it time to cash in? And I, I don't even know what you're going to get for them. No. Because Marcus Rashford, he's not even young anymore. No. He's... You probably get a dumb club like PSG. PSG, that give you maybe like they're going to have the well, they're not going to have Mbappe money, are they? Yeah. But I mean, they're going to have money to spend probably. After yeah. Well, they said group. they want to make like four marquee signings in the summer to replace. Just Mbappe. they're going back to their their roots of after after one season of mm. buying like French on your yeah. players. I mean, but Marcus Rashford, it, he is Mister Man U almost, but it's maybe it's just going a bit sour. I mean, there's too many toxic characters in this team. Too many characters that have been at Man United during this terrible era. I mean, I've and seen... like, there's only so much faith you can put into them, but the common denominator is not Ten Hag, it's these players and oh, the ownership which has been changed now. 
So the last common denominator is players that have been around for three, four seasons. You're talking Lindelof. You're talking... Maguire. Uh, Maguire, Rashford, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, I thought Real Madrid apparently wants a react better clause yeah. to get Varane and Cashmere back. Why would you want him back? I'd take that if I was Man United get them Why out. Why would you want him? I mean, it, for me... We spoke about this last summer. It's they need an overhaul, yeah. and they need to really sit down and identify the kind of players, the, the atmosphere they want to generate within this within their club, because it is rotten. I mean, Bruno Fernandez, what a child! Mate, and I've been a staunch defender of Bruno Fernandez. I, I said think he's, he's the he's, biggest rat in football. On his day, he's the most outrageous player. But you can't have your day be two games a season. You, you're the number. Well, he's the number eight, but you're the, the, the number ten of the biggest, the biggest club, club in the world, in the world. and you're and rolling around begging for fouls and then the moment you don't get a foul crying the ref turns around and the play comes back to you and you get up and shoot up and you're ready to go it's it's ridiculous oh, he, I mean he, he had captain's armband he's not a guy you want to charge your club you probably get what maybe 60 million for him mate if you sell and him make, for 60 Rashford for 80 I don't think you get 80 for Rashford I think PSG would be dumb enough to do like yeah. that much but I've, yeah, it's all there. Get rid of those. Yeah. Get in some some new young players. I mean, Hodgson. I think he's got enough about him to, to like him up. a lot. Yeah. Keep him. Copy Minu, who Kobe we've got a video coming out on. We think he's a big bowler. Yeah. They've I got mean, assets there. Mate, even get rid of Onana. You don't need. You want what you need is stability. You want good characters, and these people just scream, just scream issues. I mean, he's being flamboyant on the pitch. Yeah. Hmm. I mean. They brought him in to be able to play from the back, and then they put people in front of him that can't play out. So you've already stunted him. So maybe it's time to just get rid yeah, of him anyway, bad. and you know maybe give. I mean, get like Henderson back or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's not even the best. It's, it, it's just it's rotten. They've gone for weird signings this summer, and I think they they need to keep keep with Ten Hag. I think you may like fan base wants to keep with Ten Hag, but how much longer can you give it? I mean. Yeah, it's the thing is like you can blame the players as well, but like the style of play isn't really there that much. And it's like he's and been here for two seasons. There's now. questions about how he's handled situations within the club, how he handles the press. He doesn't really defend his players. Yeah, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot, a lot of issues going on in this club. And it is rotten to the core. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap up? No, shout out Crystal Palace. First result under Glasnar, 3-0 win. That's... Jack Robinson having a scrap with his own teammate. Oh, yeah, that was mad. That's, that's funny. Apparently, people going, that's what Chris Barler wants. <laughs> yeah, but he came out and said, as long as it stays that side of the line, he's happy with it. So, yeah. But, so... yeah, guys, we have a proud announcement to make. Buzzing. We uh, have become an affiliate of ClassicFootballShirts.com. I'm sure you've heard of them. They are massive. The biggest football shirt selling buying company in world in the world in world football in world football <laughs> but yeah they they have just an absolute ridiculous amount of authentic shirts signed shirts match worn shirts they've got everything so if you want to go check it out check it out via our referral link down in the description and pop in code boardraw10 at your checkout to get a 10% discount and let us know if you make any purchases via that let us yeah, know. tweet us on the pod Insta um, us, let us know what you buy. But yeah, use a referral link, board your 10 for 10% off. And you're supporting the boys, you're supporting the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, much love Everything to Classic Football Everything that goes straight back into the podcast. Um, if you haven't already, go and check out our video that was uploaded on Monday. We did a ranking all the Premier League team season so far with Jacob Horsfall. Horsfall? Yeah, big video. Yeah, 
absolute banger of a video. So that's part one. We cover the first 10 teams. And then part two coming out soon, we'll cover the second half of the yeah. league. But big shout out to Jake for coming on. Yeah, absolute legend. boy. Fantastic ball knowledge. And it's a great video. So go check that out as well. Uh, guys, it's been Board Draw. Episode number 86. Oh, mate. And it's live.